Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Are people snobby about college degrees still in Ireland today? Do they turn their nose up if you don't have one? Is it still a topic of conversation? Uh, Pamela Lard, who's an entrepreneur, is with me here on the show today because, Pamela, this is something that you've come across. Yes, it is. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's something I've faced. And I think that's really what inspired me to go back to college was finding that people were either less trusting or, like you say, turned their nose up at my lack of college education and my choice of career, you know, as soon as I finished up school. So tell us a little bit about your, your business, Pamela. Sure. So I set it up um, about five years ago now, and it's a cosmetics brand. Uh, so my background is in beauty. When I finished up school, I opened my own nail bar for a few years, and then I went on to create a product range called Moxie Loves. So we're listed in retailers like booths and pharmacies and in Australia and the UK. And a lot of people will know you from your time on on um, The Apprentice, Dragon's yes, Den. That's right. Yeah, so like people will, will know you from that. And, and despite all of that, Pamela college education still comes up in conversation it does and I think you know untraditionally I suppose I went down a route of looking for investment on Dragon's Den and The Apprentice like not your typical boardroom albeit pretty intimidating and daunting I found that when it came when I came back having finished third on the show I didn't get an offer of investment and I still needed funds to grow my business so I went a more traditional route with angel investors and I found myself in a traditional boardroom setting and that is really where I found the snobbery hit the most. You know, there was a lot of people with degrees around me and while I had the industry knowledge and that deep domain knowledge in the beauty industry, it didn't really seem to matter because I did feel, and look, maybe it's an insecurity, but I definitely felt that I was missing something and did I belong there and that imposter syndrome. And like, how does it come up? Can you give Can you give us an example, Pamela, of how like how people sure. bring up this I mean, topic think, of conversation? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. It starts kind of, I suppose, it's inquisitive first. You know, it's oh, and t- tell me about where you know how you got started, and and obviously, I tell about my history with entrepreneurship and how I started my own business before, and there is an element of oh, and no business degree or, you know, you can kind of just hear the tone. Um, And I think as well, a lot of business jargon that probably isn't quite necessary to run a business. You don't have to speak like that. But I often felt intimidated by that kind of business jargon being thrown around and the mention of a degree. So um, I think as well, having now I'm doing a master's at the minute in Smurfish UCD. And when I tell people who I've met previously that I'm doing it, you know, they're so impressed. So if I was ever, you know, was it me? Did I doubt the snobbery? It's absolutely there considering how uh, people react now. Uh, I can tell that it, that's kind of there in the background for sure. So sometimes it's actually, it's the question that you're asked. Yeah, by definitely. people. Yeah. And and because of this and because of the your experience and, and you know, the kind of questions that people have asked you, you've gone back. You've now decided that's why you're you're back. In, or you're exactly. in you're in college doing the MBA. Yeah, absolutely. It was something that it kind of festered. You know, it's I, I I did think was it me initially, and am I just you know feeling a bit insecure about this? But as time went on, and as I went down the path of more of a traditional route and less TV and showmanship when it comes to fundraising, I realised that that I maybe was missing something and that's why I was struggling to connect with investors or to sort of take my business to the next level was 
is do I need this? Like, is this piece of paper that important to everybody else? And, you know, I thought it was time that I did something for myself and helped my confidence, really. And so, yeah, that's why I chose to apply for an MBA. I thought, well, it'll kind of encompass everything I already know I know in business, but it'll give me what I figured was a stamp of approval everybody else was looking for. Stay with us, Pamela, because I I want to chat to other people and get their experience of this as well. Like if you're listening to Pamela here today and this is something you've experienced in whatever industry or background you're in, um, if this resonates with you and you want to to give us a shout, do. It's 1800 453 106. Lorraine is on the line as well. Lorraine, have you experienced this? Yes, because the the business that I'm in is totally, you know, man orientated and I'm I run my own haulage company and I left school at 15 with what was then a junior cert and bar a transport manager CPC, which does not set you up on life skills for haulage companies where Brexit and driver shortages and diesel being charged by the hour, the prices, it, it doesn't prepare you for it. So, yes, I definitely was looked down at at the start. I was told I wouldn't last nine days, let alone nine years this September. Right. <laughs> so they're actually putting a timeline on it for you? Well, yeah, there was there was a lot that kind of looked and went, she won't last at all. And up until maybe four or five years ago, I was still hearing through guys, I believe you're going bang or I believe you're closed. And I was like, really? First I've heard of it. Yeah. What is that, Lorraine? Um, I suppose it's, it's very unusual for a girl who has very little knowledge to walk into something uh, and people know that she doesn't know about maintenance or one end of a truck to the other. I had a little bit of knowledge when it came to the money side of things, but I had to self-teach myself invoices, accountancy, because again, it was all down to money at the start and cash flow. And when I was asked in my exam, what's the maintenance on a fifth wheel? I was like, what do I know? I'm going to get a maintenance plan with my dealer. Um, That would be a mechanics problem, not mine. I focused on what I was good at and then tried to kind of divide out what I wasn't good at and Mm. learn along the way. But like Pamela, I went back to school in COVID and I went back and got business studies in GTAC Level 5 because, again, I felt the same thing. I didn't have the confidence if I closed my company tomorrow, would I be able to go to somebody else and say, this is what I can do? I said, no, I better go off and get a few credentials to prove what I can do. So similarly then to Pamela, you 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 went back or you've you yeah. know completed the course. But the yeah. funny thing is though, like Lorraine, for in a lot of industries, you often don't, like I would argue that many times you don't need you know a, a, thir- a, a qualify a, whatever you want to call it a degree or a master's mm. or a diploma sometimes isn't needed in certain industries. No. Actually, the industry experience yes is and life skills and common sense and common knowledge will carry you through. But I do feel had I closed tomorrow or yesterday, that I didn't have any backup. I can say, yeah, I ran my own company. But I do feel if you don't have a certificate to show stuff, well, then people don't take you seriously. Pamela, the the point around, you know, going back and the fear of having maybe not had or gone through college or the third level education, is there a fear that that will stop you from progressing? Absolutely. I think that that is something that lingered for me too and how you know intertwined I was with my own business and how I would do going forward if I decided to move on or expand or whatever the next phase might be and I think it's um you know it's difficult because although like I feel very accomplished now having the business background and even in my degree you know people saying well you've got a business that's amazing and it it is a, a fear you know a fear of what's next and 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 like that if you decide to move on how will someone weigh up 
even though you know all the work you've done, how will someone weigh up what that means to be an entrepreneur and translate it into a different business? So yeah, it's, it's, it's fear, it's the imposter syndrome, it's the unknown. And as a woman, I think as well, you do have, feel like you've more to prove a lot of the time. Martin is with us as well, Pamela and Lorraine. Stay, stay on the line. Um, Martin, have you ever experienced this kind of snobbish attitude towards third level qualifications? Uh, yeah, I suppose I have. I'm in, I'm in the haulage industry over 30 years. I'm a driver and I have no education. But some people think that because you have no education and you're a driver, things are simple. You know, you're, you're, you're bottom of the ladder. That's what they kind of think you are. But in my opinion, you'd need more than a, a college degree to drive a lorry nowadays being honest with you, mm. with all the, 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 the things that we have to contend with, the, 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 the training that we have to go through, the, the, the everyday routine of dealing with traffic. You need, a quali- you need a college qualification for that dirty. You know what I mean? Mm. The simple little things that uh, uh, you need every single day to drive a lorry. It's not as simple as jumping into a seat. Like people think, jump into the seat there, hold on to the steering wheel and off you go. It's not as easy as that. It's not as easy as that at all. Come try it someday. Yeah. With your qualifications yeah. or without your qualifications. Wh- where, you know what I mean? Where do you feel you experience it, Martin? Like, in, in what sort of circumstances would this kind of attitude arise? Well, back when I joined the, the, the industry, people never asked you about your qualifications. Nowadays, they're asking you about it. Like, I'm over 30 years, as I say. I'm, if I went and changed my job tomorrow morning, the first thing I'd be asked is, what education have you got? You know what I mean? And I have no education, but I've more experience than anybody coming out of college and coming into this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would like to think that that experience stands to me. You would like to think so, but I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. But then again, in saying that, there's not too many people coming into this industry anymore either. Mm. And you know what I mean? presumably there's there's a variety of, um, you know, qualifications or professional or, you know, updated um, courses that have to be completed, though, Martin, as part of the job. You know, we have CPC courses that we have to, to, to contend with every year. You have to do at least one CPC course every year, seven hours of training. And uh, you went there for a second, did you? Yeah, no, Get no, back. I can hear you okay. Sorry, yeah. it, it went there for a second. Um, yeah, you have CPCs mm. yeah, that have to be completed every year. And they're where you have to sit down in the classroom every year, you know what I mean? And some people kind of think, why are you sit in the classroom to drive a lorry? You know what I mean? Well, we have to learn about, you have to know rather than learn. Most drivers would know mm. oh, the ins and outs of lorries and what have you. You know what I mean? Road, yeah, but know the, yeah. But the CPCs would deal with, with, with your driver's hours, your okay. training, your health and safety and stuff like that. That's, that's, that has to be updated every year. No, I was going to say, I see a text in from, from Louise as well on this. She says, I moved back from London having worked as a merchandiser. I learned on the job for six years. So I went for an interview at an agency for a merchandising, uh, merchandising position and was questioned as to why I didn't have a degree. I was basically told that I'd hardly get a job in the industry in this country without one. Six years experience meant absolutely nothing. My confidence was was knocked to the ground. Pamela, the, like the confidence is something I notice time and time again in, in text that's been mentioned by people that, you know, even just the question, like as one listener says here, 
did you not go to college? Why? That it, it makes people question themselves then, like. Definitely. And I think it's a great point because while maybe when I, you know, finished my leaving cert in 2008, a degree was a choice you could go and do it or you could go and work. Now, I think a degree used to be something quite impressive. And now it's something that could rule you out without one. So it used to be something that you could choose to do. And now I think it's a must. If you're going to apply for a job anywhere down the line, you're really going to need a degree, you know, and obviously the experience is fantastic. But it seems to be something that people are box ticking on when it comes to it, it's no longer uh, oh if you choose to it's it's more of a must do and I think that it's just the way that the world has gone that we just expect everybody to have a master's now and a degree and and that's what people want to see and it's unfortunate because I think you can't um, put a value on experience like that you know that girl that texted in who had the merchandising experience like to me as an entrepreneur if I'm hiring that's what I'm looking for but when it comes to other types of job roles you, your CV may not even get in front of somebody without that degree box test. Is, is it coming from like how much of this pressure is applied in school, the expectation or, or from the home, from parents around yeah, I, progressing to I college? I think a huge amount quite honestly, not from my parents now, both my parents had their own businesses so it felt really like oh I can see it I can be it so that's what I wanted yeah. But for for example, when I was in school, there was, oh, if you don't want to go on and you're CIO, there's really nothing we can do for you was, was what I faced. So I had to really pave my own way. I did a lot of my own education in the beauty industry outside school in the evenings during transition year. And so I it was difficult to do my own thing. I suppose mm. the more natural path that school set up for you is university. Orla's on the line as well. Orla, you completed um, an apprenticeship. What was your experience of this? Well, my apprenticeship now is back in 1996 and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I did college, I, I applied for college and did, uh, uh, what is this? Oh, I can't, I'm after getting a blank. But I went to college for like two months and it wasn't really for me. But when I got mm. the opportunity to get this apprenticeship, I jumped on it. Um, apart from getting paid while you're getting trained, it's on the job training and classwork was a lot easier. It's the way I like I don't think I would have been able for um, the big lectures in college. I wouldn't have been able. I don't a, a degree or anything like that. A master's frightens the life out of me now, to be honest. I don't think I'd be able for it, but I would definitely go back and do an apprenticeship. Not a bother. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was the way to go. I really enjoyed it. Um, Got great opportunities from it. Got a great job from it. Didn't um, didn't get any stigma for oh yeah you did an apprenticeship and not um, you didn't go to college. It was kind of um, I was uh, people were more impressed that I did this apprenticeship and uh, became an aircraft mechanic um, more than anything okay. to be honest because I didn't I didn't feel any um, backlash from yeah. it or anyone looking down at me or anything like that. I felt the, the, quite the opposite to be honest. And you, you, you'd completed the apprenticeship a number of years ago as well, when probably less, um, when yeah, probably yeah, less people were. There wasn't were. that many girls, yeah. But when you went contracting around Europe and stuff, any female contractor was from Ireland. It was all the Irish women that were going out uh, contracting and working all over Europe. Um, and, and they mainly came from Shannon, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the job. I really, really did. And so you had a positive experience. Um, yeah, well, it's good to I hear. I really did, yeah. Yeah, because I think the way I'm, I work is more on-job training, between on-job training and the exams were multiple choice. Not mm. that they were easy now, but they were multiple choice. So it was a lot easier 
you didn't have big essays to be writing and stuff. But yeah, I, I would, I'd recommend it to anybody really. And I always said if I, have, if I had kids and they wanted to leave school early, um, to do an apprenticeship, I'd be, I'd be back them. to them. Yeah. yeah. Did, at the time, um, Orla, what was the, did, you know, did you, what kind of reaction did you get from people? Well, they were quite impressed, to be honest, because I suppose um, it's, it's a bit of glorified, isn't it? Uh, an aircraft maintenance technician sounds a lot better than the actual job it is, but it's, it is a really good physical job. Um, but yeah, people were more impressed than anything, to be honest. I was myself, I suppose, when I was, uh, it was my career guidance teacher that um, said that uh, she thought that I would um, be good at this because yeah. that's the way we did a, 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 an aptitude good test. Good to hear the positive. And that. Uh, well, I really want to be, uh, I wanted to be a vet, but she said, oh, there's no money in that. Yeah, she's right. Um, be an aircraft mechanic instead. <laughs> the, uh, Pamela, just on, on a final point, the um, around, uh, you know, the, the fact that you're now completing uh, an, an MBA, do you find attitudes have changed towards you? I definitely. It's funny because if I ever was unaware or thought there might maybe have no snobbery now, I'm finding, you know, the level of respect and people are, so impressed and I find it funny because while I'm really really enjoying going back and doing something very related to what I have done for my whole life essentially but it's very formalized it's a it's a moment where I can I know that I wouldn't have been able to do this when I was younger I wouldn't have seen the value and so now with all the experience I have and the appreciation for having a degree and and what it'll mean for my confidence Mm. I can really apply all of that so while it's a backwards way to do things I don't think it's the worst way and if if somebody hasn't gone to college out there and is feeling reluctant you can go back and and do it for sure I I see a text in from Dave he says you know I find this is a very common insult to taxi drivers around qualifications and degrees so when people are losing an argument with taxi drivers the the insult is usually that's why you're a taxi driver I'm earning over 70,000 a year as if this is, is supposed to shut them up says Dave Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about um, like whether or not there's a sort of a snobby attitude towards third level education, qualifications, people asking you, why did you not go to college and do a degree? And we heard from Pamela there a few moments ago as well. Rob is with us on the line in Roscommon. Rob, you work in the tech industry. Is there degree snobbery in that area? No, I wouldn't think so. Um, I've worked in the tech sector for about 22 years now. I interview people uh, on a almost daily basis, certainly several a week. We generally don't don't even look at their uh, their degree, where it was from, what degree they have, or, or what what grade they got. Um, we do for graduate programs, of course. So when there are graduate programs running, then that's uh, something that comes into it. But for the rest of the time, all we want is experience. We're desperate for people. Um, we, we need them to be able to come in and do the job and that's that's what you need to demonstrate. The best way to demonstrate that is having done it somewhere else. So it's all about the experience? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Liz is with us too. Liz, you're also self-employed. What's your attitude towards commentary around third level degrees? Hiya, good afternoon. Um, yeah, I was listening to you in the car and I was, I was completely, um, I was really intrigued by this because I have felt very similarly to the first few ladies um, who spoke, who said that, you know, they were, they, they were entrepreneurs, they were self-employed people, they, um, you know, they had gone for their dreams and, and started businesses, yet when they went for their funding, 
there was, you know, certainly the first lady who spoke, she said that there was absolutely a, a sense in the room, or certainly that's what she felt, mm. around her not having um, a third level education. And I came to third level um, really late, Andrea, actually. Um, I left home and got my first job at the age of 20. I also got my first mortgage and bought my first home at the age of 20. And I had 10 years extraordinary expensive, uh, sorry, extraordinary experience, yeah. expensive, extraordinary experience with a global company, which happened to be British Airways at that time, which was actually the best training and working experience of my life. Taught me everything Boy. I would ever need to know about sales, hospitality, uh, etc. And when I left that company purely because I, I wanted to change and didn't mm. really know what that change was, I came back to Dublin and every single job at that time, bearing in mind this was the mid-90s, stated third-level applicants only need apply. And I realized I was in trouble. I was in trouble because I did not have a third-level education. I'd done my Leaving Cert and I'd chosen to do something quite different, actually, mm. from from my school friends who all primarily went to college. Um, but in a funny way... I had actually achieved more than they had in my, say, in my early 30s because I already owned a home and had a mortgage and was chipping away at that. But suddenly I didn't have a job and neither could I get a job unless unless I was waiting tables, which is a particularly good, you know, which which can be very, um, you know, which can be very beneficial in many ways. Uh, I, I, I had to go and do something that was third level. So I did, um, I did a HDIP at night. I did uh, two years of uh, public relations, which actually, interestingly, I thoroughly enjoyed and gave me great writing mm. skills. W- one of the modules was journalism and that I thoroughly enjoyed and really taught me how to write properly. That was great, which came back to me actually at a later stage in my life. And I then started my own business um, after that. And uh, and interestingly, I've had many, many ups and downs in my career. I've, I've lost a business as well and reignited my business in January 2020. And along came COVID in February. Right. And I said, OK, what am I going to do now? And I actually then decided to do a postgrad. And the postgrad that I did, don't ask me why I did it. But the postgrad I did was in entrepreneurship, creative thinking and innovation. And. It was one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my whole entire life. I was absolutely the elder lemon on that course. No, no question about that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of very young, bright sparks with masters and with super duper degrees in all kinds of digital and yeah, professor you know, in this, and professor and in that, yeah. and social media and words that I'm, you know, really not au fait with. But I can absolutely tell you, my imposter syndrome when I started that course was shocking. I had awful anxiety about the fact that I really only had um, a HDIP, as it was called at the time. And I, I, I sort of learned. I mean, I, I, I knew that, that my age, being a lady in her mid to late 50s, who had massive life experience, knew how to sell, knew how to engage with people, all of that. It's all about life experience and wisdom and I think I was somebody who probably contributed really well to that program because because I just I I was just the person on the street who knew how to deal with people, yeah. whereas you- those many young people who are the brightest and the best are sitting on these courses, with no life experience, mm. with no can't pick up a experience. phone, can't talk to anybody. Yeah, fascinating. 
Do you, do you yeah. find, it's interesting, Liz, when you talk about like applying for um, uh, jobs and courses and, and you know, part of the quali- or part of the statement or in the application process, if you've no third level qualification, don't apply. Like, I this mean, was 100% and that's the reason yeah. I ended up doing HIP in, in, in public relations at the time, mm-hmm. which in fact was, and, and the reason I chose the course was because it was at night and it was three nights a week and I could, because I couldn't do it full time. So, that was absolutely the rhetoric in the mid-90s. Do you think that's 100%. changed? Do you think that, that attitude has changed, Liz? Well, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I, Andrea, I, I do know I, I can count in my right hand five very young entrepreneurs who are shooting for the stars in this country and they definitely do not have third-level education. Yeah. They don't. They've just, they weren't academic at school. They were seriously bright. They had great ideas. They've surrounded themselves with really clever people and they're doing mm. extremely well. And they should well. be celebrated. Absolutely. 100% uh, should be celebrated. Yeah. yeah. Neve is with us as well, Liz. Um, Neve, what's your view on this? You, you've been listening there to, to Rob and Liz. Uh, yeah. Uh, hi, Andrea. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Mm. Uh, just to say there that uh, I am in my 30s. I've never had a job, ever. And no, no employer has ever taken me on for a job. Like, I went to secondary school, I left secondary school after did my leave and start, went to college, did MBTAC courses until now, until 2023, March 2023, I just finished my last course. I've, I've been actively looking for a job uh, for years, years and years and years, and I've never had a job. No employer has ever given me a chance to have a job. Like, they, they're looking for, an employer's looking for four or five years experience. And how are you going to get that four or five years experience, Andrea, when they won't bother to give you a chance to get up to that five, four to five years experience? Everybody needs to be given a chance. Yeah. Everybody. How are you going to get to that? How are you going to have a job? How are you going to get anywhere? I, I want to start driving. I want to uh, have my own house someday. But how can I ha- have achieved those goals if I, don't have, if I don't have a job to earn my own money to get where I want to be? And the kind of, so when you're applying knee for positions and for jobs that, that you see advertised and then one of the you know criteria is that you need X amount of years experience, like yes. even from a, you know, from a, um, a graduate perspective or somebody starting out in, in an mm-hmm. industry and you find you feel you never get it, you never get a chance to. Yeah, to start. exactly. I've like, yeah. yeah. And like everybody has to start like. Uh, some people go to Australia or Canada for a job order. They have to go because there's no jobs here in Ireland. Mm. But there is jobs here in Ireland. But it's the employers. They need to give people, not only the people who have had four or five years experience, that experience, and then they're giving them the job. But for the people who have never had the chance, we're, we're, we're down at the very bottom of the list. We need to be up at that four or five years. Experience. We need to be given the chance. Mm. And we're never given the chance. That is the problem. Sure we're constantly talking post. about not get people, employers not being able to get, you know, people constantly giving out um, about the difficulties and trying to recruit and keep and maintain staff. And, and you, as you say, you're trying to get, you know, looking for, for a job for a number of years in in different areas. And Neve, listen, thank you for, for getting in touch with us today. Neve, uh, Liz and Rob there. Look, lots more texts coming in on this today. Um, I agree with your, your previous callers. I feel degrees aren't worth the paper that they're written on today.
I, I was graduated with a first class honours degree from Trinity a number of years ago and I'm working in a call centre. It's best to make your own path as the value of degrees has actually been greatly diminished, says this texter. Brendan in, du- in Dublin says, I work as a strength and conditioning coach. I'm 51. I'm, I've been training and training people since the 1980s when there was only one gym in all of Dublin. I had to do an honours degree in my 40s because my experience meant nothing without a college degree. Utter nonsense, says Brandon. Uh, this texter says, I've gone back to college part-time to finish my degree in the evenings while working full-time and I intend on doing a master's in education afterwards. I'll be 33 when qualified, but it's, un- it's, it's been unbelievable, though, for my confidence. I actually hated college when I was younger. Much more enjoy it now. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.